Welcome to the Evolve Your Game podcast. My name is Jose Antonio Fernandez. I'm a high performance coach, author, and tennis philosopher. Our mission is to help people to live fuller lives and to tap deeper into their own potential. Okay, let's go. Perfect. So, um, Alex, welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me, Antonio. We're going to have a lot of fun here. Yeah. Uh, please uh, just go and introduce yourself. Uh, who better than you to introduce yourself? So, yeah, my name is uh, Alex Banchilla, and I'm a sophomore uh, at the University of Illinois, and I'm on the tennis team there. So that's, that's who I am. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, I know you have a lot of fl- friends and people, people love you. Your friends like you. <laughs> Thank so, you. So let's go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take you on a journey, okay? And the journey is a little bit your, um, uh, the beginning of your tennis, and we're going to travel until today with a few questions. Sounds good. So um, my first question for you is, how did you start to play tennis? So uh, my dad, actually, uh, he played tennis. He played a lot. Um, he played, you know, he was a very good junior. And then um, he kind of got me into it. Uh, I was always hanging around the club with him. So he got me into it at a, at a very young age. Um, he obviously also let me play a lot of other sports. Um, up until I was like, I'd say 10, I was playing three or four different sports. Tennis was one of them. Not as often as, uh, as I am now. Um, but my, um, my dad let me play soccer and other things. He actually didn't really want me to play tennis. He didn't want that to be my first sport because he knew how tough it was. Uh, and then in the summers, I would spend most of my summers in, in Romania, in Bucharest. That's where my parents are from. That's where, um, uh, you know, my parents met and that's where my grandparents live. So I would spend my summers there and my grandfather who, who traveled, traveled with my, my dad everywhere, um, kind of would take me on the court, um, every summer. And I started to, to kind of love the sport there and really liked it because it was, you know, individual sport compared to something other than like soccer. That's a team sport. So I knew that it would depend only on me. Um, so I would say my, my dad and my grandfather were probably my biggest insu- influences um, in tennis. Um, they, my dad was always fine with whatever I was going to do. Didn't say, like I said, didn't want tennis to be my first my first sport, but I fell in love with it. And I guess here I am today. Right. Well, um, so yeah, I knew that I knew that uh, from you that your father was a tennis player as well. So yeah, that's a good way to get into into tennis. And you remember how old you were when you when you first pick up a racket? So I first picked up a racket probably when I was like five or six. Um, But it was nothing serious. You know, I'd say that I started playing tennis as my main sport, um, you know, more than once a week, uh, when I was nine. So fairly late compared to other people, you know, there's some people that start playing when they're like, you know, three years old can barely walk. I, I didn't have that path. I had a slightly different path. You know, like I said, I played a few sports up until I was nine. And then when I was nine, I decided to go more into tennis, but that's when I started seriously, I would say. Okay. And what were the other sports you played? So I played soccer. Um, I really like soccer. Um, obviously, in, in Romania and in Europe, that's, that's very big. So I had a lot of influence from there. 
I played in a, in a local club uh, in, uh, in Romania near my house uh, when I was like, I think eight, eight or nine. Uh, I was pretty good at it because I like to run. So I guess, you know, I guess people can figure that out from my tennis game as well. But I, but um, I really liked it. It was, you know, it was a way for me to make friends as well, I guess. Um, I don't think I really ever had a problem when it came to making friends, but it was just easier to make them through sports. Um, and then I also played, uh, when I was in the fourth grade, I played lacrosse. That was actually, um, that was actually a sport that I really liked and I was quite good at just because I was fast and I could get away from everyone that was trying to hit me. So that was, uh, that was a nice, that was a nice sport. And, but then I just ultimately, again, it came down to everything being on my own and, you know, tennis was the only sport that, that really offered that from what I had played lacrosse and soccer, obviously great sports and stuff, but, um, there's big, big team sports. And although I'm, I'm part of a team now, it's, it's still. All the sports are great, but tennis is the best. Yeah, for sure. I have to agree with you. Played a, so, played, played a lot of ping pong too, but that, that's different. But tell me, so you grew up in Romania or you grew up in the United States? How, so, how was that? Yeah, so I was born in, in New York, actually. Um, I was born uh, in the States. Um, and my grandparents still lived in and still do live in, in Bucharest. So that's how the Romania connection happened. Um, so I would spend obviously 10 months out of the year here going to school, whatever. Um, and, you know, living here in, in New York with my parents. And then in the summers, I would go to Romania and I would, you know, spend time with my uh, my grandparents there and friends and, and uh, the rest of the family there. Uh, but it was also a way for my parents to kind of keep my Romanian side as well, I guess. Um, Romanian is my first language. I learned to speak English after I learned to speak Romanian. Um, so at home, when I'm here at home, I speak Romanian with my parents. So I think that was, that was a way to, to have, you know, just the Romanian aspect of my blood, just, you yeah, know. Very nice. yeah. I, I love that. I love that. So you grew up multicultural. Yeah. Language yes. very good. yeah. It's yeah. easier to learn the third as well. Once you learn two, the yes. third comes easier. Yes. Alex, so being your father, um, a tennis player in a, in a good one, what was his role? Or was it your mother more in charge of your tennis? How, how was that? Or your grandpa? Who, who was the, the one taking yeah, care? So... Which one the role was? Was he your yeah, teacher? So... Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so it was actually, uh, I like to think that my dad was very smart about the way he went about it because, um, you know, being that he was my dad and obviously knowing I had a, a passion and I guess a talent for the sport from a young age, um, he expected a lot out of me and, you know, rightfully so. Um, so I guess on the on the tennis court, sometimes everything, my fundamentals, my basics, my, my strokes, my everything, my most of my knowledge for the game comes from him. You know, I... He's uh, very knowledgeable when it comes about the sport. He, he keeps it very simple. He doesn't keep it complicated. Um, and so my dad is the one that formed me to the player that I am today with my strokes and, and, and just the fundamentals. But um, uh, soon after I started to, to become very into, into tennis and take that uh, as my full-time sport, we decided to, to separate the, the father and the tennis aspect Um, just because we felt that that would be the most beneficial for our relationship going forward. So, you know, when I'm, when I was here, uh, in, you know, when I was younger and still lived in New York and also in Chicago, once I was 10, we moved to Chicago, but, um, 
I uh, would work with him all the time. I'd have a lot of privates with him. So that was good. Um, and like every day, for example, every day you would hit yeah, with your dad? I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would hit with my okay. dad every, every day. We'd work on a lot of a lot of tech, technique and stuff. Obviously, from a young age, I think it's very important to develop that. So he did. I think he did a great job with that. Yeah, um, let, let me stop you there because this is my next question, which I, I, lo I love this answer because it, it uh, reveals a lot about uh, yourself also. And which was your learning style? Did you learn tennis through, for example, playing the game or learning uh, a lot of technique and after playing the game? Or was it a certain mentality, a philosophy? You got to be a fighter or you got to be courageous. Wh which, which way or a little bit of everything? Just tell us a little bit which your path was. I think I personally think that I was kind of a little bit of, of everything. Um, I like to be very hands-on with anything that I do. Um, I feel like I learned the best that way. Um, so I definitely felt like being on court and having my dad show me something and then me being able to, you know, to reproduce that. Um, I definitely think that was the, the best way to go about it for me. However, I, anyone that knows me, you know me, you know that I love the sport. So I spend a lot of time on my own, just being on, on YouTube and stuff from a young age, watching highlights and stuff. So I was able to take things from, um, you know, from the top players, um, and incorporate that into my game. I wouldn't say necessarily anything about my strokes. You know, there's a lot of players out there that can, you know, their strokes or their game style looks similar to another player. Um, I don't really think that I took anything strokes from anyone that specifically maybe on the back end, maybe someone like Nalbandian or Murray. Um, but I definitely think that uh, the mentality aspect is just comes from the person you are, to be honest. I mean, uh, I like to think that I'm a hard worker. I, put my heart and soul into everything that I do, especially tennis. Um, so I definitely think that having the, you know, the hands-on with my dad and then also, you know, the technology nowadays is just, it's so, so much easier to have access to everything probably than it was back in the day, you know, when my dad was younger, for example. Um, and so I definitely think it was a culmination of, of a lot of things, but I, I really, think that the most beneficial for me was, was being on court. And, you know, I've been exposed to quite a lot of, you know, practice, you know, practices at a high level with a lot of good coaches like you and Seb and, you know, a, a big in, impact on my life in tennis was uh, Gabriel Trifu. Um, so having a little bit of, of everything and a little bit of knowledge from a lot of different parts of the world and different backgrounds, I think really has helped me. Okay. So, but I picked uh, something up there. Uh, you said that you ob observe how things were done by your dad or by other players, and then you went and, tr and tried yourself. So yeah. you were uh, like a visual learning. Yes, yes. Uh, my, I've always been told that uh, in practices and stuff, or something that if I'm told to do something, I'll pick it up right away. And I definitely feel that's the that's the that's the case. So if I see something, I think I'm very good at uh, reproducing that. And, you know, just being very familiar, I think that comes along with being familiar with my body, knowing what I can do. So I definitely think that the visual aspect for me is, is definitely really big. Okay, okay. nice, nice. Uh, Alex, uh, an another question that is so important because uh, you've been playing tennis for so many years already, no? Yeah. Uh, what motivates you? What keeps you going? What are the things, because tennis has ups and downs and, What is the one thing that keeps you going that you say, okay, I, I'm back in tennis? To be honest, for me, it might sound a little cheesy, but for me, it's honestly the, the love of the game. I, 
I love everything about it. I, you know, study a lot about it. I'm very passionate. Uh, I have a lot of school projects and presentations that I've done on it, actually a few this semester. Um, I know me of all people, uh, as long as any other tennis player will know that there's some days where it's, it's really tough and, you know, motivation quite isn't there, especially with when you have a pandemic that you don't really know where and what direction it's headed and stuff. And there's no tournaments and you don't really know what you're working for. I just try to be the best version of myself uh, on the court. Um, I want to leave my tennis career, whatever that is, um, college, pro, after. I want to leave knowing that I left it all out there and knowing that I did everything to the best of my ability. So that's, that's something that really keeps me, that really keeps me you know, moving forward. Okay. So I, I, I hear there a strong inner drive. Like yeah, it comes from within. For sure. for sure. I play for myself. I don't, I don't play for, for, you know, for anyone else. Cause you know, like I said, my dad didn't want me to play tennis. So it's not like I play for someone or anything. I play for myself. So I really enjoy the sport. I, I love it. There's a lot of aspects that I love about it. I love learning about it. So that is definitely an inner drive. Okay. When, when you say you're, you're, I, I, I can understand your father um, that he didn't want you to go too seriously about tennis because it's tough. But how about now that he sees you're a good player, you have a good level, college? Does he is he still no. very involved or, or? No, he yeah, he's definitely very involved. Actually, when I'm back here at home in uh, in Cleveland, I try and work with him every single day. To be honest, not only because there's only a few players here um, that I know, but also just because he, you know, we're at, we're at a stage where I'm I'm old now and I older, I should say. Um, and you know, all the stuff that we were worried about that would affect the relationship and stuff earlier on, um, really isn't, isn't something that we're too worried about anymore. Um, just because I'm obviously a, a lot more mature than I was when I was younger. He understands me and my game a lot better, uh, now after, you know, seeing my level and seeing my progress over the last 11 years. Um, so I definitely think that, you know, now he's very happy that I chose tennis, obviously, but he didn't, I guess didn't want to have a lot of uh, influence in saying like, Oh, he, he's playing tennis because I made him. He was my, my parents were never like that. They're always like, do what makes you happy. And I chose tennis. So that's what makes me happy. And I guess that makes them happy. Okay. Awesome. And your mom, does she have any, any role in this? Uh, father -son yeah. relationship? My, my mom, my mom, has a, my mom has a huge role in, in this relationship um, throughout juniors and stuff uh, when I was still playing like Midwest tournaments and in the United States before I started playing ITFs. Um, my mom was the one that was traveling with me uh, mostly because her work schedule was a little more flexible than my dad's. Um, mm -hmm. But also just because um, at times I would get a little nervous playing in front of my dad and, and stuff just because he obviously knows a lot about tennis. So at times it would, I would second guess certain decisions I would make on the court and stuff. So it was just easier for me to have my mom there. Um, now that I'm older, um, I can't wait, you know, hopefully with this whole Corona situation, but I uh, can't wait to have my dad watch me at a, you know, one of the matches that we have this upcoming season. Um, but my mom has played a massive role in my tennis career. Not only has she been able to keep me together mentally at times when I've, uh, when I've been down on myself, but also she, She's uh, she, ne she didn't have a background in tennis, but she's learned a lot through watching me and always knew what to say, uh, what right things to say to me, when to say them and stuff. So I, I, I her and my dad played a, a part equally. That's for sure. Awesome. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. And sometimes mothers have a little bit more time to go to tournaments and be yeah. 
uh, assistant coaches. Yes. Exactly. Father, head coach, mother, assistant coach. Good. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I have another question. I don't know if this is uh, going to be um, easy, but um, have you had in this time that you've been playing tennis any moment of insight, any, any learning that you say, finally, I, I, I learned this? And what was that? Yeah, I, I know exactly uh, what to think of when uh, when you ask that question. Um, I think it was about mm, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Uh, I had just started playing ITF summer of 2017. And uh, that's when I decided that I was going to move from Chicago and um, move to Uh, at the time, Bradenton, Florida, to train with Gabby, Gabriel Trifu, full-time. Full He's the Davis Cup captain for Romania. He was he, he, he was a great player when he played as well. I think he was like top 120 ATP. Um, so when I moved down there and decided to go full-time with him and, um, and train in Bradenton, um, one of the most insightful things he ever helped me realize was uh, my game. <coughs> Sorry, my game style and um, what where my positioning should be on court. That was always something I guess I had struggled with. Um, where, where what? Where what? With my positioning. Okay. On the court. Okay. Uh, I guess that was something I really struggled with um, from a young age, just because Rafa was my favorite player. So I thought that I could do what Rafa does and, you know, at times stand 90 behind the baseline and just grind and hit a winner out of nowhere. But uh, when you're, uh, you know, when you're 14, you weigh 90 pounds and you're 5'1", that really doesn't work. So as, as I got older and stuff, that was a habit that was tough for me to break, I guess, um, even though it became easier. Well, as I got older, stronger and stuff, it's still not an ideal way to play. And obviously, Rafa doesn't play like that, but I just didn't understand that as a, as a, as a young kid. So um, I think, yeah, 2017, end of 2017, I think we were, we were in uh, Mexico, in Yucatan. Um, we were playing the grade one. And it was my, uh, my last round of qualies. And it was my, probably my first big tournament that I played. Um, and I was in qualies, the last round of qualies. And uh, I remember uh, right before the match, we had spoken about where my core positioning was going to be and where I was going to be on the return and where I'm looking to be just trying to control the point um, during the rally. And I think that, that was the biggest Uh, epiphany for me, I guess, because I found I was able to find a middle ground and, you know, not to say that sometimes I'm not sometimes farther back or, you know, being a little too aggressive, but uh, I was able to find a middle ground and, um, and kind of feel my game out really well and kind of realize the player that I am and, and uh, just be able to build on my strengths from there. Okay. So we're talking 2017. How old were you there? I was 17. You were 17. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good, good age. Um, so we go from 2017 to 2020. What is, and if you don't want to answer this one, don't just tell me, no, nope, nope. I'm not answering, but I would I will love to hear it. What is your biggest challenge right now at this very moment? Mm, I would say my biggest challenge right now is, uh, I guess, being a little more arrogant on court. Um, I guess that, you know, it's just, just like a lot of tennis players. There's always, you know, the doubt that creeps in and, and stuff. And uh, uh, I think that that's one of the biggest challenges 
um, uh, that I guess not only me, but from what I've talked with my friends that also play tennis is uh, just, I guess, the self-doubt within. You know, there's obviously always going to be tough days and days where you don't play your best. Um, but there's also going to be great days where you play, you know, great and you feel amazing and you're like, wow, I'm the best tennis player. Um, but it's, it's probably, I'd say, dealing with those days and realizing that it's, um, that it's not the end of the world if you have like a bad day or, or a bad match um, and stuff. And I, I think that's definitely the, the one thing that is the biggest challenge. I think not only for me, but for tennis players in general, there's a lot of players out there who, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, but that, that's what I'd say, just bouncing back from the bad days, the bad practices, whatever it may be, and just keep moving forward. Um, but that, yeah, that's what I would say is a, is a big challenge. Okay. So self-doubt, uncertainty, but you started, as you mentioned, a process of understanding your game and yourself a little better on 2017. Yes. yes. So three years have passed and you, you feel you have made progress on, on that self-doubt? Yes. No, 100%. And getting just, more, more uh, yeah. like solid or stable? No, of course. And I think uh, you, you can tell me this as well because you saw me when I was, I think, 17 uh, when we were training at West Palm, uh, or Boca West, sorry, with yeah. P2 and Will as well. And obviously I was younger there, had slightly different game style. Fundamentals, basics was, were pretty much the same. Um, but, uh, you know, you, I'm sure you can see my improvements and stuff. And I think regardless of, of what, you know, you work on and stuff, there's always that next level to it. So I would like to think that from 2017 to 2020 now where we are, I've gone up uh, at least a few levels. Um, so that uncertainty and that all that stuff that you still feel when you're 17 or 16 or even younger, it's always going to be there, I guess, but it's just at different levels as well. So I feel like as the level gets higher and stuff, you know, there's, there's more to think about. Um, but I, I definitely think that I've made massive strides in, in my game since then. Um, but I, I, I do think that regardless of whatever level you're at, you're always going to deal with some sort of challenge or whatever you're facing. Of course, I think the challenges will never stop. They come yeah. in a different way, but they are there. Yeah, they come in waves. Um, what, what do you dream about and why? Uh, tough that's, one, huh? Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, yeah, I know. I personally don't, you know, when I was younger and stuff and I, you know, I was 10 or whatever and watching Rafa, I was like, damn, it'd be cool to win the French Open. Um, so I think that would definitely be like a dream. Um, but I try to take it, uh, in the present and stuff, you know? Um, and it's not, it's no particular reason. I just always, I don't like to really think about the future and stuff. Um, just because you don't know what's going to happen. So if you start thinking about it, you waste energy thinking about something that you have no idea what, what way it's going to go. Um, so I, ideally like when I when I was younger, I definitely think that that was a, a, a dream and stuff, but I try to take it day by day, um, you know, week by week, and then just, just go from there. I, I know that, you know, every, I can get to a, to a really good level, um, regardless of what that'll be, really good level in college, really good level in pros. So I just try to, to, to take it easy and, and not think too far in advance, you just focus on the present and focus on what I can control. Okay, understood. Good, good. Yeah. 
um, have you learned any life lessons from being around tennis? No, 100%. All, all my life, I've been all around tennis. All my friends, uh, I'd say 98% of my friends are only from tennis. Um, yes. can you can you share like a one life lesson that you that you say okay i, I learned this skill through tennis and i can apply it in other areas yeah. of, uh, I, of life uh, i definitely think that the community communication aspect um and just you know who i am as a person and what type of person i want to you know be seen as is definitely something that i think can transfer into life and as you know as a lot of people know i when I played juniors, I, I made a, a decent amount of friends. My, my closest friend group, uh, uh, you know, Tyler, Will, Mark, uh, those guys, I, I met them through tennis. If it wasn't for tennis, I wouldn't have them. Uh, so I'm thankful for the people that I've met, but also the, the relationships that I built along the way. Um, a lot of the times I was traveling alone to these tournaments. Um, and so I would meet people there and I, you know, you'll, you can attest to this, but Tennis is, um, it can become a lonely sport sometimes, uh, especially when, if you're not traveling with like a big group, um, like some of the big tournaments, you know, there's obviously weeks where you're on your own or you go to a different tournament than where your academy goes and stuff. So um, I was able to, you know, to maintain good relationships with people that I would meet um, through the tennis tournaments and stuff. And I definitely think that's something that could be applied in real life too. Um, it's made me more, uh, more outgoing. I say when I was younger, when I say it was about 11 or 12, I was, I was quite shy. Um, not that, not for any particular reason, I just was. And then when I started playing tennis and meeting all these, you know, really cool people, um, and you know, my, my best friends, I, um, I, I realized that there's no point in being shy because, you know, if someone doesn't like you, they don't like you, like whatever. But, um, the best you can do is, you know, just be a good person, be a good human and only good things will happen. So that's something I live by. Um, I, I definitely think that this is something that will help me throughout my life um, to be, you know, outgoing and stuff. You know, I've met not only people, tennis players, but I've also met former tennis players, coaches, uh, physios, uh, stringers, whatever uh, you name it. I've met a lot of people from different tournaments that I still Every now and then we'll keep in touch. We'll send messages for the holiday. So I, I think that that's really important. Okay. So relationships, huh? Yeah. Relationships was one of the biggest gifts. Nice. Very nice, Alex. Uh, I have one more question for you. And um, today, what advice would you give to little Alex, the one that started to play tennis with nine or 10, when he started to get serious or 12, 13, would you have an advice for him? Yeah. Um, I'd probably say, I have probably two things. One would be live in the moment because when I was younger, like I said, like I mentioned, um, when I was younger, uh, I would like uh, think a lot in the, in the future and I'd ask myself where I'd be in, you know, five years or whatever in tennis and, oh, if I'm not here, then I, I shouldn't be considered a good tennis player, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, that and also at times, um, the, the only way I can say it um, sounds bad, but it's not. Uh, don't take it too seriously. Um, because I think that, you know, anyone that knows me knows that tennis is something I love, something I care about a lot. And 
that goes with anything in life. Um, not only tennis, but if you care about something too much and want something too much, you're going to end up stressing too much about it. And then, you know, end up maybe not being able to perform at your best. So that's some of the, so I should be able to take my own advice to that sometimes because I still get a little worked up, uh, about it. And I'd say, uh, slightly stressed because I, I think about, you know, how much I love it and how good I want to be and where I want to end up. And then I end up thinking of, you know, 20 different things that just shouldn't, shouldn't be in my mind, you know? So I think that being in the moment and then also just at times, just realizing that it's tennis, it's, you know, it's the sport that you love and stuff, but it's not life or death. So. Okay. Good, good advice. Yeah. You mentioned something a couple of times that I'm, I'm curious how you do it. You, you mentioned the being in the moment. Yeah. When you play tennis. How do you do that? What is your strategy to be in the moment when you play tennis? To be honest, uh, when, I was, when I was younger, I didn't do a great job of that. Um, I would, you know, I don't want to say I took it for granted, but when I was younger and I was in Europe and I was, you know, playing international tournaments when I was 12, uh, 10 or 12, uh, I didn't know that that wasn't really normal for kids my age, um, especially Americans, you know, because there's a tennis Europe tour over in Europe and Europeans are, are playing that one and they're very familiar with that. But I was the only American that would be in the draws. And at the time, I didn't realize that that wasn't normal and that I was quite lucky. Um, so I just treated it as any other tournament, which, you know, I'm not saying I should have treated it like it was, you know, French Open or Wimbledon or something, but um, as I got older, I grew to, to realize how lucky I was to be able, you know, to travel the world, meet so many people, but go to so many different countries and, and cool places, um, and be able to play tennis there. Uh, uh nothing really beats that. So as I got older, I became smarter and I guess wiser in that situation, in, in that aspect, because I was just kind of realizing where I am in the world and, um, realizing that I'm quite lucky to do this and that I shouldn't be stressing about everything else uh, in life and just like, I, like you said, live in the moment. So for me, it's just the knowing how lucky I've been. Okay. Yeah. All right, Alex, uh, we came to the end. And um, so I wanted to first uh, thank you very much for your time. And then I want to tell you, one thing you spent, you just spent two weeks with us here and it was so nice to have you around. You're Thanks, such man. a nice guy, man. Thanks, you, man. You bring so much spirit, spirit. to practices, good vibes. Uh, um, I know that that's the reason why your friends are your friends and keep on improving, keep on evolving. I wish you best of luck and hopefully I'll see you again. Thanks. Soon. Thanks so much, Tonya, for having me. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys for having me uh, down um, down in Florida. It was a great, great two weeks uh, for me, and it was uh, all around good vibes. So thanks, thanks again for having me, and uh, happy holidays. All right, Alex. See you, Take man. Take care of yourself. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the ideas we shared. I hope we were able to serve you well. See you in the next one.